All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Thursday, December 22nd. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. I'm Pat. Happy holidays. Happy Honda days. We are getting right into the big holiday. Let's just say it. It's the Christmas weekend coming up. Yes. You know, Christmas Eve is on a Saturday. Christmas Day is on a Sunday. Will that impact box office? We'll talk about it. But Clayton, we finally have a weekend coming up now where there are a bunch of there are several big movies coming out. Mm-hmm. Whether they will all be hits, who knows? But there are three legitimate, quote unquote, big movies, big recognizable releases. And we'll get to those, but I think we should start this episode quickly touching on the big movie from last weekend, Avatar 2, The Way of Water. A, because we saw this together. Mm-hmm. We saw this together on Tuesday. And B, because we have got some numbers of how this movie did on its Monday and on its Tuesday. Yes. Like many, mm-hmm. we bought our tickets early, mm-hmm. but not for opening weekend. No. Nope. For the Tuesday. Yes. In order to see it in the biggest screen possible, in a high frame rate, mm-hmm. and in mm-hmm. IMAX 3D. Yes. Yes. And listen, last week we calmed the masses. Everyone was freaking out because it made, you know, would it make 134 million 134. open weekend? It, it didn't hit its high, its tracking, and it didn't make 200, and it didn't make as much as three Spider Men, blah, blah, blah. And what we kept saying is this is a movie that's all about legs, even though it takes place in the, in the water, it's all about legs. And it's all about these weekday grosses, these, especially these first few weeks. And if you look at the Monday and Tuesday grosses for the first week of Avatar Way of Water, it's already bearing that out right now. I mean, the gross for the first day, the first Monday of Avatar uh, Way of Water, the Monday gross was let's see right here it was 16.2 million dollars and in comparison the first monday gross for the original 2000 avatar movie was 16.3 million so guys it's doing it again it's yeah. doing it again and then if you look at the tuesday the tuesday gross for the Way of Water, so Tuesday, December 20th, this movie made $18.2 million. So it rose, and it's Monday to its Tuesday, and the original Avatar in 2009, its original Tuesday gross, December 22nd of 2009, it made $16 million. So and these Way are of the Water second... improved from yes. its Monday to its Tuesday. Guys... It's doing it again. And also, these are the second best Monday and Tuesdays of the year. And mm. the they beat out Gru, Rise of Gru, which which had those. But but Gru was a summer movie, right? And I know that kids are out of school now. Uh so that could I mean it's it's like a summer-esque thing, but I mm-hmm. mean we're looking at people going to see this during the week. Yes. 
and it was, you know, Minions, Rise of Gru, and Top Gun Maverick, their Mondays were holiday Mondays. Mm-hmm. So you really can't comp. Like, obviously, Way of Water's about to go into a heavy holiday period where everyone's off, but this past Monday, Monday, December 19th, was not a holiday. You know, Maverick's first Monday was Memorial, was Memorial Day. Day Monday. Yeah. But if you look at Maverick's first Tuesday back on May 31st, 2022, its first Tuesday was 15.8 million. And again, Way of Water in its first Tuesday just did, um, let's see, it did 18.2 million. So yeah. it had a bigger Tuesday. I mean, this is a story, like we have said, when we calm the masses, it's going to be written over weeks and weeks and weeks. But it is pretty clear that this movie is going to play, or at least it's playing right now over the course of days. It's not a first weekend Marvel type situation. No. And we went to a packed IMAX theater. It was packed. Mm-hmm. Yep. I had a great conversation with a new friend who was sitting mm-hmm. next to me the whole time, gasping and, mm-hmm. and cheering and doing everything we did during this very immersive experience. And at the end, this gentleman was here there by himself mm-hmm. and he turned to me a complete stranger in New York City Mm-hmm. And he said, wow, that was mm-hmm. amazing. I am blown away. And we started a conversation and we were talking about how you got to see it on this screen in this atmosphere. And he said, I couldn't, I have to tell all my friends that that's how to see it. And he also mentioned that he was upset because the movie underperformed. And guess what I had to do? My B.O. Boy duty. And I calmed this gentleman Mm-hmm. To the point where he said, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would say, if share this podcast with your friends so that you don't have to individually calm them, right? right. I right. think that's what we can learn from this. I shared our information with this gentleman. I said, listen, listen to our podcast. We will... We, we calm the masses. You can get all the information you want because he was a guy that was very interested in it. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is like, we need to spread that message because this movie is going to be a success, right? Mm-hmm. It's it, it is to be judged by Avatar movies, not by superhero movies. And Avatar movies are a completely different genre as mm-hmm. we've figured out. It's a completely mm-hmm. different experience than anything else that has been released up till now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, and it just goes to show why this movie will most likely be a phenomenon for a long time because it's getting people in New York City Mm -hmm. where you are raised and told and advised to not look people directly in the eye when you're in public, to not engage with strangers, to not acknowledge strangers, to stay away from strangers. And Way of Water inspired two strangers to just strike up a conversation. Yeah, a kinship. You were there, Pat. You saw it. It was as if me and him had gone to see the movie together. Yes, yes. We were there with our friend, former and future guest, Aaron Rose Chan, and you guys were hitting it off so much that we were starting to think, do we just leave without him? You know, do we just take off? Mm -hmm. And that, that that is the kind of friendship or the kinship that 
way of water inspired seeing the theater. I mean, listen, we both loved this movie. Yes. You know, it, it was an amazing experience. And Clay, you're someone who had not seen the first Avatar. So Way of Water was your introduction to Pandora. Yes. And, and you 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 were one of those people who now wishes you could have lived in Pandora. Is that true? Absolutely. And listen, I am not in the bag for this movie because I I have to look at the facts. Mm-hmm. I can't be mm-hmm. swayed by how I felt. Right. Did Was I immersed in that world? Do I think it is a, a stupendous technical achievement? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I do believe those things. But at the end of the day, it's the numbers that will bear it out. It's the yes. numbers that will say whether or not this movie succeeded. And like you said, looking at this Monday and Tuesday, it's looking like it's going to do another Avatar, right? Yeah. It's going to be like the first one. And the one thing to watch out for is that Christmas does land on a Saturday on the weekend. So you're going to see another kind of maybe lower weekend than people want it to be because it's falling right on directly on that holiday. And there's a lot of people who are with their family on Christmas Eve, all that sort of jazz, right? And Christmas Day, things like that. So that's going to be another reason, and we'll talk about it, but it's going to be another reason people are going to say that this is not going to reach the heights of this, the first one. And again, it's not about those weekend days. It's, 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 about, gonna, the it's about the Mondays and Tuesdays and, Tuesdays and the Wednesdays yeah. and the Thursdays. That's what it's yeah. going to be. And we will track every single one of those. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, I guess before we go into the new releases, let's talk about how the holiday may affect box office this weekend. Because yes, Christmas Eve falls on a Saturday, Christmas Day falls on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. I feel like Christmas Eve on the Saturday is actually going to be the one that has the most effect. Yes. Because Christmas Eve is traditionally a nighttime holiday. It's a holiday where you're still doing the prep. Mm -hmm. You know, you got parents who are last minute buying, wrapping, uh, uh, making, in some cases, the Christmas gifts for their kids. You know, or Santa's getting it for whoever listens to this. Who believes that? Listen, I don't want to spoil anything. For we have a lot of wannabe, wannabe o-, o babies. Yes, yes. So if you're a wannabe o boy, wannabe o girl, wannabe o person, person, Santa is fake. All right, we just have to say it. But if you're a wannabe o baby listening to this, Santa Claus is a real guy. He's the one who gets the presents. So mm-hmm. there you go. But people do a lot of prep on Christmas Eve, and it's a travel day. It's a travel day. It's a big uh, 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 fish-based holiday. You know, I could say that from experience. So fish takes a lot of prep there because certain fishes, if you don't prepare them the right way, you could kill someone. So I do think the Saturday is going to be negatively affected by the holiday at the box office. And of course, not everyone celebrates Christmas. Huh? Huh? Not everyone celebrates Christmas Eve. Huh? Huh? But a lot of people do. So I think the Saturday box office will not be gigantic. The Sunday, Christmas Day, I think Christmas itself has less of an effect on the box office because basically people do all their stuff in the morning. Mm-hmm. They have an early dinner. And then finally just you got to go see a movie at night because how much longer can you talk to these people? So Absolutely. I think Christmas Day on Sunday will be big, and then the rest of next week will just be out of control between Christmas and New Year's. And on that sun, and that, and that Sunday, that Christmas Day, you got to get out of the house because the fish smell is just overpowering. Oh yes, and you just leave and you go see ideally a long movie such as Avatar: Way of Water, 
and you just hope the fish smell takes care of itself. You open up some windows, be like, I'll be gone for four hours. When I come back, hopefully the shrimp has dissipated. Mm -hmm. So now let's get into the three wide releases that are going to be competing for dollars with Way of Water this Christmas weekend. Clayton, which one do you want to talk let's about Let's talk first? about the biggest one. Uh, let's jump okay. into it. Puss in Boots, The Last mm. Wish, which is a mm-hmm. long-anticipated sequel. The original came out in 2011. It's almost as long of a wait for this as for the Avatar sequel. Mm-hmm. And this is, of course, a character from the Shrek universe. Yep. Now, the Shrek universe is very popular online for memes. I do think it's a generational film for a lot of young people. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if that adds to the box office for this. But I think the main thing about Puss in Boots is that it looks fun. It yes. looks like a fun kids movie it's not like a middle-aged guy talking about his anxiety through a cartoon like a pixar movie Mm -hmm. this looks like a cat that wears a big hat and has boots and has a sword and he goes around having fun yeah and he thinks he's zorro he's a cat who thinks he's zorro i mean that is a home run premise exactly and i think there is definitely an appetite because The rats need their cheese, and Mm. the cheese that has been served to them recently, we're talking Lao Lao Crocodile, who we know is a certified bum. Yeah. Strange World. I mean, come on. Talk about that is the stinkiest cheese you could possibly feed a child. All-time disaster. All-time disaster. Yeah. This Puss in Boots, I think also you're going to have, I mean, Shrek came out in what, 2000? 2001? long time ago shrek shrek is is but shrek is a like you said it is a movie that i think has endured well and has continued to keep making fans if you were 15 when Mm -hmm. that movie came out Mm -hmm. there's a chance that you have a child and you are going to take your child to a shrek offshoot movie because there hasn't Mm -hmm. been one in theaters for a very long time I mean, Shrek 2, which was the film in which Puss in Boots was introduced, because this is the sequel to a spinoff from a sequel. Mm -hmm. Puss in Boots came out in Shrek 2 in 2004. So you definitely could have someone who is a, what, five-year-old watching that who's 23 now, and that's on the young end, but that 23-year-old might have a baby let, let's just no, say, Shrek 1 came out in 2001. If you were 15 in 2001, you're in your 30s now. Yeah, you're going 15. Okay, but we, I think we're both agreeing that youngish people who saw Shrek 1, Shrek 2, they could have kids right now, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, I think something else going for Puss in Boots, you know, this is a long-awaited sequel, but it's not a bootleg long-awaited sequel. You know, they didn't replace Antonio Banderas with a sound-alike. No. You know, they didn't replace Enrique Salma Iglesias. Hyde. Right, right. You know, it's not Ricky Martin as Puss in Boots. It no. is Antonio Banderas, the original star. Salma Hayek's in this. I'm looking at the cast list. It also has Oscar winner Olivia Coleman. 
Florence Pugh, oh, you know, and not to so say hot. that they're drawing kids people, but I think what they're with those cast members tell me is this is a big movie mm-hmm. that got big movie attention that got the primo casting and it's not bootleg. Yeah. You know, this is not slapdash. This is big stars in a big IP for the kids. And you know, FTK. They have been pushing this movie to the point where I watch a, you know, listen, we don't talk about TV, but no. I do need to talk about it in this very specific, uh, uh, like, uh, uh, time because instance, I was the word I was going to use. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. No, nobody yeah, else would keep this kerfuffling in. No. I watch a show called The Challenge, which used to be the real world road rules challenge. Now it's just The Challenge. And they are owned by Viacom, and they, it's an MTV show. And they had a had to be, had to be seven minute big commercial within the show about Puss in Boots. Mm. The challenge that they did, the physical challenge they did, was based on something in Puss in Boots. They had the animated characters running around. It was gross Mm -hmm. as a viewer. Mm -hmm. But as somebody who looks at this kind of thing for awareness, it's great for awareness because, goddamn, I was aware when this movie was going to come out. Mm-hmm. Even though obviously I'm aware because I'm a BO boy, but as a challenge viewer, I had my BO brain off and I was like, oh yeah, that's coming up. Yeah, it's it is out there. I mean, this is a big, big movie. Um here's something I think we should throw out some comps. And first comp I'll throw out, we talked about this before, Clayton. This exact same weekend last year, December 24th. Of 2021, last year, another long-awaited, or not that long-awaited, but another big sequel opened, and that was Sing 2. Sing 2. And that film opened to $22.3 million this weekend last year. And one caveat I'll put in there is this time last year, you had the COVID surge, the Omicron, Mm -hmm. and we're not going to get into all of that other than to say... There was legit concern amongst theater goers there last year. Yes. You know, and I do think it had an effect on pretty much anything that wasn't the three Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. You know, there was some amount of people are like, I don't want to get sick. I got the holidays. I'm not bringing my kids. So I think yeah. that 22 point, uh, that 22 million opening for Sing 2 was probably lower than that movie would have done, especially because you look a week later, it made $20 million, basically didn't have a drop. Yeah. And in the end, Sing 2 ended up at $162.7 wow. million, dollars, wow. which is pretty much very close to what the first Puss in Boots movie did in 2011. Mm-hmm. That movie opened at $34 million, got all the way to 149 So I think Sing 2 as a comp tells me, to me, that's the baseline of where I think Last Wish ends up on the low end, well, on the low-ish end. They are know? forecasting this at 14 to 19 for the three-day. This is Box Office Pro. Mm. And 21 to 30 for the five-day. Yeah. I mean, it could be. And again, the thing is we talk weekend numbers and we just did our whole caveat of how the Saturday will be 
negatively affected by the Christmas Eve holiday on the Saturday. So I guess Puss in Boots could still be a giant hit that just has a bad Saturday mm-hmm. because of the holiday. Yeah. I still think that feels that estimate feels low to me for how big this IP is, how much the rats need their cheese. Yeah. You know, not all rats you know, uh, uh, are going to be, you know, not all kids are going to be celebrating the Christmas Eve holiday. So there's going to be families and kids who don't celebrate the Christmas Eve holiday and they'll want to go see this movie. There'll Mm -hmm. be kids whose families do celebrate Christmas Eve and the kids are going to be whining and crying and the parents will just be like, screw it, we won't make the fish. Let's just take the kids to see Puss in Boots' Last Wish. Yeah. So I, to me... 20 is an over-under. I feel I feel on the over for this movie. I just the think the IP day. is so big. The Shrek awareness is out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I, I think this movie does a little bigger than Sing 2 did this time last year. All right. Well, I mean, we'll definitely go into what we think, I think, numbers-wise when we do our top fives, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so why don't we move on? I'll pick the next one. Oh, I think I know what you're going to pick. And let's talk about the Whitney Houston biopic, I Just Want to Dance with Somebody. I Just Want to Dance with Somebody. Um, In parentheses, Who Loves Me? This is an interesting movie Mm -hmm. because in some ways it feels small. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a giant movie star playing Whitney Houston. We've got a newcomer. But it's one of those movies where, you know, listen, Austin Butler was a pretty much unknown playing Elvis, and the star of that movie was Elvis. The star of this, I Just Want to Dance with Somebody, is Whitney Houston. So, Clayton, what is to you the strength of the Whitney Houston IP heading into this weekend? I mean, we're going to find out. Mm. I really think that is such a huge question mark. I'd love to come to you, Pat with a definitive, this is where she sits in our culture now. This is the level of star she is. I don't know. Because Whitney Houston is one of those people that for people our age, she was huge. Mm -hmm. She was the Mariah before Mariah, right? Yes. Who never made that rebound after they fell into darkness, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. her end is so dark. And I don't know how ubiquitous this, like, her music is other than at grocery stores, you know, uh, and places like that. Mm -hmm. Like, retail-wise, she's still kicking it. But do people listen to her songs on their Spotify playlists the way they will some other artists of this ilk, of this age, like your princes and your MJs and your Bruce Springsteens and, you know, other people that were big at this time, which was the 80s. Right, right. I mean, I do think I could see her being, having made her way onto the workout playlist or at least the motivational playlists. 
And well, yeah, there was, sorry, I, not to interrupt you, Pat, but there was a song that was a remix of a Whitney Houston hit that mm-hmm. was fairly successful recently in the past okay. couple of years. So there is that awareness there. Uh, but I, I, it's just hard for me to tell, are her songs going to get people rocking like the Queen songs did? I mean, anytime a biopic comes out now, a music biopic, I think the yardstick has to be Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. And I don't think this will reach that heights, you know, because Rocket Man didn't even reach those heights. But like, do the songs make you shake your little butt in your right. seats? And right, she does right. have a few of those. Right, right. I think, I think obviously Bohemian Rhapsody, it, uh, that is a, just a level to itself. That movie opened to what, like 50 million domestic. There's no music biopic that's coming close to that. Though, I mean, Elvis opened what, 25 or so? And straight um, out of Compton opened in like in the 40s. Right. Straight out of Compton was gigantic. You know, you've had some misfires. The Aretha Franklin movie did pretty much nothing. That was DOA, but I, yeah. I, but that is, that's probably, you know, a time frame that was just too long ago for modern moviegoers to care. I mean, obviously, though, Elvis was, you know, 50s, 60s, early 70s. Um, but that, you know, Whitney Houston is in the right time period, mm-hmm. you know, 80s and 90s for the music biopic to do well right now. Yeah. I am in the same boat. It's hard to gauge what this is going to open to. Um but I do think double digits feels right for the weekend and you know not to keep beating the same drum with all these movies, the story's really going to be told throughout next week, you know. Mm-hmm. Do we have a greatest showman situation? People love music over the holiday break. So this could be the type of movie that opens with a really low number for the opening weekend and then does great during the week and holds really well during the New Year's weekend. So to me, it feels like possibly the number three of these three new movies, but we'll get to that when we do our top fives. It's... It's going to be a referendum on Whitney Houston as an IP. That's Absolutely. For sure. and I, the thing is, I don't see this as anybody's first choice. When they right. go to the movie theater and they're like, the fish smell is too much. I'm sick of my in-laws. We need to just sit silently for a long time in a dark room. Is that the first choice? Well, here's and the thing. I don't think it's even the second choice. I... It's, it could, I think it could be a first choice for just people who really, really love Whitney Houston, really love but, that music. But what is that? What, who is that? And We're how many of those out. people? And that's We're going to find out. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, I think Whitney Houston, the Whitney Houston uh, biopic, I just want to dance with somebody, is going to be a first choice for way more people than the third big new release that we need to talk about, which is the new Damien Chazelle film, Babylon. Babylon. I think this is a movie that could be a movie without a country. This is a movie that is not going to be a first choice for a lot of people. And I guess now we're coming in hot, uh, tipping our hand to what we think oh, the chances are. We're half an movie. hour in. You got to tip your hand, Pat. 
All right, I'll start by tipping my hand. This looks very iffy. And I think the big number that we cited when we were catching up right before this, this movie has a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. Bad for a movie like this. Yes. Normally, critics don't matter, but this is a prestige Oscar play drama from a, you know, a prestigious director in Damien Chazelle. This is a movie that needs to have good reviews. Yes. And it appears it will not have good reviews. You know, this is a movie for film geeks and people who are swayed by hearing this is a really good movie. I'm getting mm-hmm. Hail Caesar vibes Oof. from this, which oh. was a stinker from the Coens, a rare stinker from the Coens. Mm-hmm. Now, it had mm-hmm. its pleasures. I like that movie more than I think you did. Yes, I love the Coens, and that's that's in my bottom, bottom of Cohen movies. But that opened to 11.3, and that was a disappointment. It's also giving me Amsterdam vibes, which is the worst kind of vibe oh. you can give in this time. And you know what? That Margot Robbie, you know, Barbie's going to be gigantic, and that's good for her because Amsterdam and now this – these are looking like iffy performances from her. Yes. And and I don't know if people are going to be into a big budget Hollywood hell's a poppin sort of movie. And so we saw a, a trailer for Babylon before Empire of Light. Yes, which and we did see. And it's a new trailer that shows a lot of a certain actor that was in a big movie a year ago. And I'm talking about Tobey Maguire. Mm. So the people behind Babylon are now placing all of their chips on maybe, just maybe, these people in the audience have a hankering for more Toby after they got a taste. But he's not Spider-Man in this. That's the, I mean, that's the big thing is I, last year... We saw Spider-Man No Way Home in theaters, a.k.a. Three Spider-Men, and it's forever burned into my brain the gentleman sitting to my right when that portal opened and Tobey Maguire started walking through. Right before he walked through it, this sentient human being, he started screaming, are they doing it? Are they really doing it? They're doing it. Mm-hmm. And then Toby Maguire walks through. So what he meant was, are they doing it? Was, did they sign Toby Maguire? Did they meet his quote? Is yeah. he going to be in this movie? Mm-hmm. That person was very excited to see Toby Maguire, probably more excited to see Toby Maguire on a screen than he's been excited about anything else in his life. And I'm not downgrading his life. He was just very excited about seeing Toby Maguire. You can down, you can down, you can down. No, no, I will not. I will not. I will. But he he was very excited to see Tobey Maguire in The Three Spider-Men. That is the type of person who I think will give zero Fs and zero shits about Tobey Maguire being a Babylon. And that well, is the difference. Tobey Maguire is he's a very he's a, an actor that we all know and remember and he's been in giant movies. I do not think 
the audience that was excited for Tobey Maguire and the three Spider-Men cares at all that he is in Babylon. And yeah, I, think I mean, his fame means nothing for this movie. Yeah. People's love of Spider-Man, that original Spider-Man, did not help him in Pawn Sacrifice. Exactly. Like exactly. almost 10 years ago when he was still doing movies. He hasn't done a lot of movies in the, in the, in the past few years. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I you know, obviously I, I, I'm, I'm grasping at straws here, to, to, but I think the marketing people are having an issue getting people to see this movie. Yeah. And Brad yeah. Pitt, I don't know if it is enough. And uh, Margot Robbie, she's not really, I mean, as much as she's everywhere and she produces projects and she's a very famous person, mm-hmm. she is not a butts in the seat star because you can see that with Birds of Prey. Yeah. Well, and the thing with Margot Robbie specifically as it pertains to this movie is the Amsterdam factor. And we're just a couple of months away from where Margot Robbie starred in a star-studded, crazy-looking comedy drama Mm -hmm. from a Oscar-winning director that was sold on here's all these stars running around screaming, and there wasn't really a premise for it, and it took place in the past, and that movie was a disaster on every level, and people hated it, and people didn't go. And Babylon is Margot Robbie in another movie that looks very similar to Amsterdam. And Amsterdam is playing on HBO right now, which I think is a problem for Margot Robbie and a problem for Babylon. Fresh in the mind. Yep, because people are watching Amsterdam. They are seeing this Margot Robbie stinker. And then it is going to, I think, really make people not want to see Babylon. Well, you know, it is an anti-advertisement for Babylon. Babylon. Mm-hmm. Let's get down to it. Yeah. Amsterdam opened yeah. to six point four million dollars. Jeez, that is such a disaster. But do you see Babylon doing any better? Because I do. I do just because. Just because. It's getting, even as bad as the reviews are, 63%, it's still better than Amsterdam, which was uh, just a mega, you know, roasting by the critics. And I think the bigger thing is Brad Pitt is the star of Babylon or the biggest name actor in Babylon with Margot Robbie. And Amsterdam, the biggest star in that was Christian Bale. Brad Pitt is a much, much, much bigger star bigger butts-in-the-seat star than Christian Bale. So I think just by that, listen, Brad Pitt just got $100 million domestic worth of tickets sold for Bullet Train. Mm-hmm. He's a star. He just had a hit that, for the most part, regular audiences enjoyed seeing. Yep. So I think the Brad Pitt versus Christian Bale factor puts Babylon over Amsterdam opening weekend. But I think long-term... We're looking at a very similar trajectory. Just, That's my take. Here's the thing, though. Tell that to Box Office Pro because the, their range right now for the opening weekend for okay. Babylon is $4.5 to $8 million. Wow. They think this thing is going to cry macho. Oh, my God. And you that know what? That is where we're at. It, it might. might. Dude, because also, who's going to see Babylon when they could right. see Avatar. Well, Why the, go back to the silent era of Hollywood when you can spend time 
in Pandora. Like, I, mean, I think that mm-hmm. Avatar is going to swallow up so much mm-hmm. business this weekend. Yeah. And business for the type of of moviegoer that that Paramount would hope would go see Babylon, you know, mm-hmm. because Avatar, aside from being a crowd pleaser and a special effects movie and a family movie and an action movie, Avatar Way of Water is also a movie from a famous prestige director who appeals to film nerds. Mm-hmm. You know, that is what Way of Water gives you. So the film nerds and the people, you know, in the big cities, the coastal elites, who maybe would have seen Babylon on a slow weekend, they'll go see Way of Water to see the prestige famous director's movie. Babylon needed to be in the 90 percentile of Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, as much 100%. as we say, like, you know, and you mentioned it earlier, and, you know, critics don't matter, but for awards movies, they do. Yes. And 60 is, you might as well be say it's a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It might yeah. as well just be like, put it in the toilet and flush it. That's what yeah. 60% is for a movie like this. Yes, yes. It's fine for, you know, a Thor Love and Thunder mm-hmm. because... The Marvel people are going to see it just because they got to see the cameos and all that. And the critic reviews don't matter. But for a movie like Babylon, it needed to have been good. So, Clayton, I think we should just go, unless there's anything else that you want to get to, I think we should... Well, you know what? Here's one thing I'm going to throw out there because we did get a great email from Wannabe Oh Boy Reddit. uh, uh, Read. Oh my God! Want to be old boy Reed? I don't know why I was thinking of Reddit. Can, but Reed, can we call you Reddit from now on? No, no. He he's he he he's listening to this and he's screaming. Do not call me Reddit. Okay. Um. So his uh prediction is on Avatar. I would take the Avatar under this weekend. Uh. So quote from Reed. I would think it might be a bigger than expected drop this weekend for Avatar. Friday will be big, but having a Christmas Eve and Christmas Day falling on a Saturday and Sunday will hurt. Many theaters have reduced showings on both days, close early on Saturday, open later on Sunday, NFL all day on Saturday and Sunday, unprecedented amount of streaming competition. You got Top Gun Maverick on Paramount+. Plus. Netflix has Green Onion slash Matilda. Disney has Strange World. Amazon Jack Ryan Season 3. Um, when it's costing 100 to $200 for a family to go to a movie, many might choose the cheaper option. I so. love I love that Reed is doubling down on the green onion, glass onion. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? T- to talk to that point, do you think people are going to pony up money to see Babylon mm-hmm. when they could stay at home and watch glass on you now i know it's one of those things wow. where people are going to stream or whatever but this weekend i'm talking yep yep this weekend if they did not get to see it in that one week window thanks netflix idiots mm-hmm. will they be like this is appointment viewing right yeah. now because i want to be able to talk about glass onion right now 
mm-hmm. where Babylon is going to have a long kind of, uh, you know, people are going to be talking about this award season, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, like, it feels like Green Onion slash mm-hmm. Glass Onion has all the heat. And Babylon that, does not have any of that heat. It has heat in the minds of, like, the the Globe, you know, nominators. But, like, mm-hmm. other than that, it, it's not in anybody else's mind, I don't think. That's that's such a great one. Yeah, the Knives Out movie dropping on Netflix this weekend, I think that 100% hurts Babylon more than any other movie. That is the same audience. And they're for sure going to rather see the Knives Out sequel than Babylon. And I that's, would never that's such a great I would yeah. never say a, a Netflix movie is going to move the needle theatrically, you know, for people going to the theater either way mm-hmm. because The Gray Man, whatever, Extraction, whatever, like those kind of movies, Matilda, fucking whatever. But Glass Onion came to theaters and proved its worth at least for a week, proved that people wanted to see it. So now I definitively know that that's a hot movie, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's why I know that. Otherwise, if they had not done anything theatrically, I wouldn't have any numbers to go by and I'd be like, I don't know, maybe people won't watch it. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now I do know there was a thirst for that movie and they yes. might have to, to watch it in the worst possible way, which is at home on a fucking TV instead of seeing it with a bunch of people in a theater like they should be able to. Mm-hmm. But they will watch it this weekend on Netflix and that will hurt Babylon. So I want to read one more email uh, from wannabe oh boy Austin. Of course, past and future guest Austin. Thanks for writing in. So his subject is thoughts on Avatar The Way of Water. And he says, been loving the show as always these last few weeks. Really excited to hear your guys' thoughts on Avatar 2 this weekend. Um, because even if it did a little below expectations this weekend, any kind of panicking about this opening is purely performative outrage, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think people are forgetting that December, especially the weekend before Christmas, is notorious for producing small and unexpected openings, followed by incredible holds. Prior to 2015, no December movie had ever opened to 100 mil. It almost makes me think it was better that Avatar had a slightly smaller opening because of how backloaded it's going to be through the next three weeks. This feels like a word of mouth hit with its, and we didn't even mention this, and uh, Austin says, this feels like a word of mouth hit with its A cinema score, 94% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and really incredible online chatter. Uh, chatter. You online also chatter can't, too. You also can't discount its minimal Friday to Saturday drop, which for a blockbuster, especially during NFL season, is pretty remarkable. So thank you, Austin. Well, now, Pat, um, yeah. we read part of that email last episode. We did. But that does not wow. make it any wow. less true. Wow. It is even more true now. And wow. that's why it's it struck worth you repeating. so strongly. We did talk about that last episode. But Amazing. still, Austin deserves a double read. Yes, yes. And fuck it, we're doing it live, so we're keeping it in there. Of course. Austin needs to get all of the glow and the shine that he deserves. I'm going to just go out then and talk about an email we got from wannabe old boy Marcus, another. Okay. And he is our, he writes, unofficial Anim correspondent. Well, guess what, mm-hmm. Marcus? I'm going to make it official. And Pat, I think 
we can make it official here, mm-hmm. that he is our official anime correspondent. And yep. he gave us a little bit of information about 2023. We will talk about that when we do our preview of this year coming up. Mm-hmm. So thank mm-hmm. you for that. But I do want to read his thoughts on Way of Water. And he said he's glad we're acknowledging the possibility that it might underperform. Because mm-hmm. he's compromised. He didn't like the movie. He okay. didn't like the high frame rate. He didn't like it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also thinks it might be too long and too sci-fi dorky to have legs. But, you know, he's he's one of those people. It's like even not having liked it that much myself, I do think it'll be a great movie to take kids, young teens to, so maybe that helps its hold, right? So mm-hmm. he's thinking, this is a movie, and you know what? This movie is about kids. There mm-hmm. are teenagers who act like teenagers in this movie, and I think that is a, uh, a, 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 a point of interest, and that's gonna make people go out and see this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, thanks for writing to us, Marcus. I, I I totally agree. This is a movie that kids and young teens could very well be interested in because of these characters. And Marcus also did us another huge oh. favor in this email. So last week on this show, we talked a lot about how this was a moment of reckoning where there just were not enough IMAX and PLF screens for the opening of Way of Water. And we had previously ranted about this way back, you know, months and months ago. We knew that this would be a moment of reckoning. The theaters needed to build more IMAXs, more PLF screens. But we did not remember which episode we had made that initial rant. And Marcus, he went back into the archives and he found the episode. It was on an episode that came out on June 6th this year, June 6, 2022, at around 19 minutes in. That is where we did our initial rant about how the theater industry needed more PLFs for the opening of Way of Water. So again, our June 6th BO boys at around 19 minutes in. Thank you, Marcus, for unearthing that in the archives. It's an important rant that we direct everyone to go check out right now. We called it. So, Pat... Let's do these top fives. We got Let's do it. We got Let's do it. We got to do it. All right. I'm going to start off. Okay. And we're doing three days. Are we doing three days? Let's do three days and let's do predictions for the numbers for both Way of Water and the three new releases. Okay. So right off the bat, of course, number one is going to be Avatar Way of Water. It's going to repeat. Slam doink. And last week it made $134 million. And mm-hmm. the original Avatar is famous for basically having almost no drop from its first to second weekend. I don't think we're going to have the same case here. Mm-hmm. But I think we're going to have a great hold. I think that we're not looking at 50% drop, anything okay. like that. I think what we're looking at is Way of Water is going to make $90 million in its second weekend. That's where I'm going. So even, I think that's with that, even with that Saturday being Christmas Eve. I'm going for it. I think the Friday is going to be just bananas, and the Sunday is going to be bananas. And this, this is the type of movie that I think is going to get people to possibly forego holiday plans on the Christmas Eve Saturday. I think it'll wow. get to 90. Turn we'll their see. back on their family to visit Pandora. Yep. So, but either way, Way of Water is a slam doing for number one. 
Slam Doink for number two is Puss in Boots, yeah. Last Wish. And I'm going 26 million on this movie. 26 it's, million? I think so. It's it's giant IP. It's Shrek IP. Sing 2 did 22 million in this spot last year. So I think 26. Then number three, I think we're going to have uh, I Just Want to Dance with Somebody. I think it gets to double digits. I think it gets to 11. And number four, I guess it's going to be Babylon. I think number four is Babylon. Babylon would have to do like six million. It would have to do like two million to not be number five. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Do we think number five is this is the interesting one because I think then the two possible candidates for number five are Wakanda Forever and Violent Night. You now, know, Violent Wak- Night is available on PVOD, and we know that that does not cut into ticket sales. No, because it's $20 cost. Wakanda Forever has been out six weeks. Violent Night's only been out three weeks, so it is crazy that they've gotten so close right now. I'm going to go Violent Night overtakes Wakanda forever and holds at number five because this is Violent Night's weekend. It's a Santa weekend. Santa awareness is never higher than it is this weekend. So I think Violent Night is number five and okay. Wakanda forever is six. So that's my top oh, five. Oh, oh, wait, so then Babylon, Babylon is going to be below both of them. No, I have Avatar 1, Way of Water 1. Then I have Last Wish 2. Okay. Then I have... Number three is I Just Want to Dance with Somebody. Number four is Babylon. Number five is Violent Night. Number six is Wakanda Forever. Okay. And where does the whale's wide opening to 600 theaters go? Do you think it's Armageddon time for the whale? Oh, yeah. The whale is going to get beached this weekend. Okay. So Avatar The Way of Water, obviously slam doink number one. I'm going to be bearish on it. I'm going to say 75. Okay. 75 million. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I can't go that high. 19. I'm going to go at the top of its tracking. Okay. Number three, I do think kind of by default, I Want to Dance with Somebody is going to make like seven. Mm -hmm. Then I think that Babylon is going to cry macho. I think okay. it makes less than Amsterdam, and I think it does like 4.7. Okay. And then I'm going to go with, it's going to be close, but I'm going to go with Wakanda forever. I would like to see Violent Night overtake mm-hmm. it, and I do think it's the weekend for it. So if mm-hmm. it does happen, that's a great call by you, Pat. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go conservative here. And then the great. whale, I'm going to say it's Armageddon time for the whale, 800,000. Wow, we got a Playmobil situation. It's going to make less than Strange World. Jeez, Louise. And it might be sitting shoulder to shoulder with a menu and that's going to be a disaster. You don't want the you don't want the whale anywhere near the menu. Oh, because it'll end up on that menu for sure. Mm-hmm. Um all right, so I think we did it. We definitely did it, Pat. Yeah, we definitely did it. So email us at the boboyspodcast at gmail.com. As you've heard, we clearly love getting and looking, reading through and mm-hmm. talking about your emails. So send us your emails. 
boots on the ground uh, accountings from being at movies. We always love those as well. So email us at thebeoboyspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on socials. Our handle is at thebeoboyspod. Want to be a Winter and Christopher is just killing it with the video clips over on Twitter. We got some big things cooking. We got a want to be a intern Christopher special episode that we're all working on for January. So I'm sure that'll get a lot of love on the socials. So follow us on the socials. You know, we never say this. Rate and review the podcast oh, on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Subs- well, follow. Let's assu- follow. Follow, subscribe. But I think the bigger thing is if you never have – As a Christmas gift to the world, give this podcast five stars on whatever uh, platform you use, but especially on Apple Podcasts. It just helps more people follow and find the podcast. And it... We we all know if you listen to the show, you know how important this show is. And, and write a review because that's very important. Write a review. Yeah. And, and if you're like, I, I don't want to be long-winded. I don't know what to say. Use one of our... Uh, favorite uh, turns of phrase, it's a yes. popular vernacular that we use during the show. Which one is your favorite? Write that in there. It counts as a review. The yes. robots don't know any different. Nope. So just throw it in there and we'll know we've got a true head out there. Yes. So if you if you have never reviewed us on Apple Podcasts, do that right now. And like Clayton said, just drop one of our famous turns of phrase in there as the written review. Give us five stars. Move on with your life. So I think now we have officially done it. Other than the one last thing I'll say before we do our real last thing is happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. What a great year it's been at the box office. It's only getting better, and we're here for the long run. So there, we'll share many holidays with our wannabe boys, wannabe girls, and wannabe people people but after that pat there's nothing left to say no except for until next time we'll smell you at the box oh